Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. I repeat, www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. Yeah, thanks everyone for joining uh, this uh, second episode of the Sales Lab Virtual Tour. So we, ha- we are having uh, Ophir, Zan, and uh, Ben Lind who are here. So guys, welcome to the show. Uh, before we jump into the, uh, the kind of introductions and, and see, uh, you know, what we're going to talk about uh, today, I just wanted to, um, you know, to explain that it's going to be something about a life coaching. So Ophir here will be the master of life coaching. He will like share his knowledge uh, in there and he's going to coach Ben who actually uh, will actually get some coaching as well as myself so at, in, at the, uh, the time we initially planned for coaching for Ben only but what happened this morning I bombed the discovery call like it's been like it, it felt like my first discovery call I've been doing that for years and I crashed it and it was really tough 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 conversation and it was really about managing difficult conversations so that's what we're going to talk about today but before we dive in uh, maybe we can uh, do the introduction so ben you you can go first and then it's going to be you off here Hey, cool. So ha- thank you, Thibaut, and good to be with you over here. Um, how's it going, everybody? Uh, my name's Ben. I work for uh, an employee engagement kind of SaaS-style company called Hive HR. We're based out of Newcastle in the northeast of, uh, of England, if anybody's heard of it. Um, and sort of throughout my career, if you like, I've kind of held various roles, SDR, AE, and in the common parlance. And um, most recently, I'm uh, going to be building a, a new team of, of SDRs at, at Hive. So SDR manager is going to be my new role. Cool. Thank you. And welcome. Uh, and what about you, Ophir? Oh, that's great. So, so happy to be here. So hello, everyone. My name is Ophir Zan. I'm calling from uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, today, uh, director, sales director for the EMEA region at a company called Sisons. Uh, basically, very lucky and privileged to work with brilliant people on my team. I learn from them every day and we're having a lot of fun together. Uh, just very briefly about Sisense, we are BI, an embedded analytics company, around 800 employees, 120 million in ARR, heading IPO. So it's one of the uh, uh, market leaders for BI and analytics. Personal background, I actually moved from engineering to sales. So uh, I graduated with uh, computer science and applied mathematics and I was involved a bit in the, in the startup ecosystem here in Tel Aviv. And then I decided to do my strategic move, moving to professional sales about four and a half years ago. Uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made. So very happy to be here. And uh, yeah, look forward for the session. Cool. Thanks, Sophia. And in case people didn't know about me, so my name is Thibaut Suiris. I'm the CEO and founder of Sales Labs. I'll be your host uh, tonight. And what I do, I do a sales training and coaching mostly around how to use LinkedIn to generate more opportunities. And um, yeah, I'm basically the organizer of this thing. 
but I think we can already get started. A few rules, if you have questions, you can uh, drop them in the chat, you can raise your hand. What's gonna happen if you have something interesting to say, if you wanna talk during the coaching, give some coaching as a, as a, you know, as, as attendee, you can also go and, and jump in. So we really try to make it as interactive as we can. Uh, same thing on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, also drop your comments. I'm gonna be monitoring all that, but let's dive in. So. So Ben, we can start with you for the coaching. Uh, we're gonna talk about managing dif difficult conversations. So can you maybe tell us about a problem, uh, something you had around difficult conversations where you would need to, to get some help from uh, Ophir? Yeah, definitely. So um, Ophir, I, I think that kind of one of the most one of the most commonly difficult scenarios that I find myself in is um, is kind of these conversations around around pricing when it comes to sort of say you've had that initial discovery call with with kind of the first stakeholder. Right. So typically for me, it's it's the HR director. Right. Now, employee engagement is something that HR directors are maybe, you know, they're a little bit more inclined to understand than, say, somebody with more of a financial or even like kind of just the pure operational background. Yeah. So they need to understand things like ROI and things like that. So typically what happens to me is that I'll kind of form a bit of a task force with the HR director. We'll have a great discovery and talk about kind of all the benefits and things, but they're seen as a little bit more intangible. But then when you go through to that second stage pitch where more internal stakeholders are involved and you start getting grilled over, well, you know, what's the ROI? What can I expect to see back from using this and in what time frame and things like that? That's where things can get a little bit more difficult. So I'd be really interested in sort of your expertise on, say, if I was not to have a, say, if my ROI was a little bit more intangible. What are some ways that I could kind of overcome that style of objection? That sounds great. And obviously, I suppose that a lot of people on the call are experiencing uh, similar scenarios. I will start by saying just a quick heads up. You know, although my background is applied science, I would say, what are we going to speak here today is completely not science. It's more of an art, communication skills, strategy, and emotional intelligence. Now, I suppose there are many listeners on the call today that are big fans of Chris Voss and Never Split the Difference and other negotiation tactics. Obviously, all of that will be infused and bad as part of the conversation today. Pricing objections, it's something that we all experienced. Um, you know, prospects will push us as the big will push us to provide pricing early in the process because they want to know the price. In most cases, that's the end of, of the game for us. Because after we provided pricing, basically we have nothing to give them so that prospect can went dark on us. They have all the information. Now they, they start to shop around and speaking with other vendors and all of that. Mindset. I'm answering your question just by building all the blocks that we need in order to, to handle that or to overcome that. Mindset is the first thing. We need to understand and need not to be afraid of going into hard conversations. Again, that this title of difficult conversations, hard conversations is only hard if you look at it as something hard. I'm just waiting for those. And, and the guys on my team, some of them are on this call, they know that. I'm just waiting for these difficult conversations because we're intrigued by that. It's a challenge, it's nice. We're speaking with senior executives. Those senior executives want to get what they want to get. They don't necessarily like our discovery and conversation flow. And they come to ask the very direct questions. So uh, it definitely starts with a mindset. You will see that our body language, tone, and, and obviously spoken words take major critical part in the way we handle or overcome that objections. 
uh, and we can develop that. So for all of you, the more junior reps or people that are now BDRs want to tap into sales, it's a responsive muscle. It's a muscle that you can make responsive muscle. Practice, 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 definitely an area. No one was born uh, to become the best like guy of doing objection handling and, and price objections. Going into the pricing objection. Um, so it's interesting, Ben, because you, both you and I were selling software, uh, B2B, two companies. Uh, we have multiple stakeholders involved. Uh, we're speaking with the director level and up. Uh, people are busy, people with seniority, and our product or solution doesn't cost like one or two K per annum. It, it's more expensive than that. So when you get to the pricing point, and obviously we're both in a highly competitive environment and market. Getting into these price objections early in the process should be handled. Obviously there is no silver bullet here, but there are a couple of things you need to be aware of. I will start by saying ego. Some people tend to forget that we might be dealing with a big ego in front of us. So ego is an issue. I mean, I'm senior, you're just a sales rep. I listen to your demo, you ask me a few questions, you've done your interrogation part. Now I wanna get the pricing. I wanna get the pricing, I wanna get it now. I know very few prospects who left a sell cycle after they saw the value because they didn't receive value on the spot. And we experience that all the time. Hopefully some of my guys here on the call can, can share of how we give them something and take obviously everything we can from them in terms of discovery, but then preparing ourselves for the next session, give them full clarity on how the future will look like, not running away from pricing. It's important to be aligned on the pricing and have this commercial alignment. There is no reason to kick off a technical evaluation if you're not aligned on the pricing. So I know that I'm throwing a lot of info. We will break it down as, as, as the session continues and be focused very much about the pricing objections because that's the most common one. But um, I suppose you guys, you know, SDRs, BDRs, AE, directors on the call, um, sometimes we deal with, with hostility. And I think you mentioned some of that, Thibaut, on the conversation you had today. Uh, maybe you can share. Yeah, yeah. So um, I can tell you a bit about the conversation as such, uh, give you a bit of background. So um, I've been in sales for now since I'm 15 years old. So I've, I've seen a lot of things. Um, and this morning I went to this call, uh, it was more or less an inbound. So, so I knew like the people were very, um, like most people were very positive about me. They knew about me. I had some good champions. And it seems like the guy who was the decision maker or at least pretended to be the decision maker was not that convinced. So, you know, I started run a discovery call and for me, I just, I never go and pitch. I ask a lot of questions and I really go into a deep dive discovery. And um, so I was doing that. And then the guy is like, uh, you know, I kind of used a bunch of techniques like uh, we, we have in Never Split the Difference. And then, you know, I was saying, okay, based on that. Ring, uh, labeling. Yeah, yes. I, I, exactly. I was like, how do you think we should work together? And the guy says, uh, you've been talking, uh, doing a discovery for 20 minutes. Uh, and now we know we, 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 you ask us uh, how we can work together. Uh, it's your, you know, it's your turn to actually tell us and, and you have to explain us what's going to happen. And then I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. But the thing is, if I don't know where you want to go, I know your problem, but I don't know what's, what's your idea. I can't do anything for you. So I think we can't really, uh, you know, the, the call cannot go further. And he say, 
yeah, too bad. And then I say, okay, I was like really freaking out. So I tried the mirroring thing where I said, too bad. I waited and then I just like the pressure was going up and up and up. And then he kind of opened up, but I, I could feel that he was really pissed. And, uh, and, and normally I'm very good at uh, managing people who are very dominant and everything. And so uh, I saw he was really annoyed and everything. And then from there, the call went down. Like I was like really stressed, really freaking out. I was like fumbling on pricing, uh, fumbling on how I could help. You know, I even got like a bit angry at him and, and he was like, okay, so that's how you do the sequence, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it was just going nowhere. And then I finished like with uh, no next step. And basically if they come back to me, I think I'd just be like, yeah, no, I don't want to work with you guys <laughs> because it was just such a horrible experience. So it was really, I was so stressed because I was put in a position like uh, uh, of, uh, so the guy took over power and that's not something I'm used to anymore because I'm doing consulting. So I'm often the guy who's like the expert in the room. And it was really, really tough on me. It sounds like it was uh, a bit of a dramatic scenario there. Yeah, it, it was very it felt uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you said that you also started to freak out, right? Yeah. Like I've, I started feeling like sweaty palms, uh, very stressed, you know, and, and then it's like this fight or flight. And my reflect was like, I just want to end the call now. You know, I want to be somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'll start by saying all very common. You didn't do something wrong. It's something we can practice. Uh, but listen, guys, some of the things you mentioned, Thibault, is related to drama. When drama comes around, processes get broken, creativity loves, loses out, and, and communication fails. So obviously, some prospects will put pressure on us. We start to feel uncomfortable. And there is a way to better manage the drama. It's also related to Ben questions. So let's try to break down and, and offer some tactics of how we can handle those scenarios. First, you need to recognize that you are in a situation because some people tend to ignore. I mean, no reason to ignore. We have drama. We have an issue. They just said something. Let's not, not ignore that. I'm not saying, by the way, bear in mind that the objection the prospect initially brings to you is not necessarily the real objection. You can just remember that it might be something that they have and, and they just wanna throw it on you, but it might be real as well. So when we recognize it early and we take ownership, okay, we are the owners of this situation, that's step number two, we can then use something very, very powerful, which is silence, pause, Take a deep breath and analyze the situation. You don't need to throw back on them. You said something hard and I'm listening. I'm analyzing, I'm showing him that I'm listening. I listen, I'm receiving, I listen to understand. I'm not listening just to show him that I'm listening and I'm asking a follow-up question to ensure I understand the situation. And we will go to your example in a second. So for instance, that case, uh, prospect pushed on you that, uh, uh, what was that? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not understand. I mean, we're speaking for a couple of minutes and don't really understand what you're doing. And you can do something like um, mirroring or even, you know, so that's, I mean, it's definitely on me, uh, James, um, just to make sure we use the next 10 minutes properly. Where would you like us to, focus the conversation. What is most important for you to understand about the service that I provide? So you listen to them, you show them that you're respectful to what they said, 
Uh, you even show them that you're concerned by the fact that they don't understand. I mean, it's my fault. I'm the owner for that. H how can I get better? Um, if I'm, I'm sorry if I waste 20 minutes of your time. I was 100% sure that we are on track. Uh, that's on me. What is most important for you, James? Let's go back and I will make sure that the next five minutes will be super tailored to what you need. You can also reverse and mirror them. So if they say something like, um, you know, I completely, let's say like, maybe you can bring the sentence that he's told you, you know, you know the, the discovery stuff, I don't know what you're doing, something like that. So you can use, it sounds like you, we missed the point. It sounds like my communication and, and the way I position the company that you don't understand what am I doing so that you show him that you listen and he will say, yes, definitely not understand. Waste of my time. Going back to the tactic. So we said, recognize it early, take the ownership, silence. It's time for you to think. It's time for you to analyze. It's time for you to prepare. Listen and ask a follow-up question just to ensure you receive the real objection. And also by you know mirroring and labeling them, they might share more information that is relevant to the objection handling that you need to do. And then change your perspective and turn it to something positive. Now here, guys, it's easy to say harder to do because winner's mindset is required. And think about yourself during that call, Tivo. I just wanted to run away. I just wanted this call to end. I don't want this call to end. I want to say exactly where we are, but I do want to make sure that we stay continue positive moving forward by showing him that I'm not, that he can, he or she can put me into drama and I do want this conversation to be successful, they will become more calm. The pauses will allow them to go back from the hostility area back to the positivity area or the listening area. Everyone wants to be heard. When you listen to someone, he tends to become more, more positive, more collaborative uh, during the conversation. And just to break down and to summarize the, um, what we're doing here, so we said change your perspective and turn it into something positive. This is the winner's mindset. I will keep on repeating that because you need to be a winner in order to do that. Communicate simple, simplest word possible. So if we're explaining about the architecture of science and someone said, you know, I'm not technical, I don't understand what you said, um, just completely wasted 10 minutes of my time by showing me this architecture and all these terms that I'm not familiar with. Definitely my fault. Just to sum things up, and I'm moving forward to the next slide. Probably not relevant here. We can take it with the engineers. Here's the back end. Here's the front end. Here is the here is the engine that do all the all the magic. Happy to show you the demonstration now and show you how that works in action. So I simplified everything. Uh, I mean, my daughter can understand what I just said. Back end, front end, engine. Good. Going back to the structure. Um, you have to be honest. I mean, if you fucked up, and it might happen, Tibo, that you didn't explain yourself properly, be honest about that. Don't be offended by that. Be honest. I mean, it's on me. It's totally right. I will say something more advanced, and I'm pausing here because that's a long monologue, and I don't like to do monologue. I like to get more information than speaking. Yeah, let me object handle a bit. Uh, Let's do that. You know, like, the, the thing is... Um... Um, for me, as, as I'm into this situation and coaching a lot of people, I could see, I could have like a, 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 as if I was like at the top, of, you know, of the situation and seeing what's happening. And so one thing I've kind of like noticed is that first, my mindset was not really good. Uh, I was maybe having expectations, happy here and these things, you know, like, like from that. 
And when I went there, I was asking a lot of questions and it sounded a lot like a question, like a, a, how you call that? Interrogation. Yeah, interrogation. And so I, I guess the guy was like in sales. So maybe he knew about that. And he, he just get, was, he was not buying into it. He, he wanted me to talk and pitch and whatever. And he didn't want me to kind of go and, and, and do this kind of interrogation. And so it was really, um, it was really challenging because he was, he was really like pushing back super aggressively and everything. And he knows your work. He basically knows what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Love so, it. you know, for me, it's always harder whenever I go and explain sales training, people are just like, they say, okay, you, sh you should practice what you preach. And so I was doing all the things I did, like a mirroring worked really well. And, uh, but he was really, you felt he was annoyed, you know, he didn't want to talk. He wanted to keep things. And he was just like, you know, the closest I had is when you sell to procurement, they are just like really horrible. And the thing is for me, my technique in, uh, to manage that is to see it as a game where that's the role. But I'm really like, I was surprised because for me, a VP of sales, someone you're selling like who's, who's customer facing normally knows how to make people feel good and communicate. And he was really being like, he was being like a bear, not communicating. So it was really tough. That's and great. I was like, uh, uh, yeah, that was really, really super challenging. No, but sometimes you want them there. And, and Ben, going back to, to what you said, sometimes I'm, I'm okay with people not feeling comfortable on, on, on the call with me. I will repeat that. I'm totally fine with people not feeling comfortable in the call with me. I'm okay setting up a pricing call together with uh, one of the reps and not provide pricing. The name of the conversation is pricing call. Sisense and ABC company pricing. No pricing on this call. Because I'm not sure, I'm not sure it's valuable. I'm not sure it's the right time. We, didn't, we, didn't have, we don't have all the information. We don't want to underprice him and overprice him. And we're okay with doing, you know, a meaningful conversation, getting all the information, and not provide pricing. And we had that so many examples um, with, you know, hostile project uh, prospects that came on calls and pushed very, very hard at the beginning. Um, ben, I mean, in some cases, people will push you on pricing, and, and and you won't provide that, and that's fine. If they're leaving the conversation, if they're leaving the cycle, then you never you never lost it because you never had it, right? Mm -hmm. You can't lose what you don't have. And if they stay because they do want to learn and you provide enough value, and there should be the time that, that is right to provide pricing. We always have this um, you know, conversation around, should I provide ballpark or not? Should I say that the deployment will cost 30,000 pounds to six-figure deployment? Because it, again, again, it depends. And in most cases, I will say, no, do not provide ballparks. Do not provide numbers. Uh, you want to make sure that there is a good fit. I will position it that way. I'm not sure that Sisense is the right solution for you. I'm really not sure. You might be doing some, you know, code friendly, one of the other tools that are available there, very cheap. You don't need a lot of maintenance. Everything is super straightforward. I mean, I, he needs to convince me that there is a reason, that there is a fit from, from a technical standpoint or from, from a business standpoint, not technical, sorry. So this approach of trying to make the conversation nice as I, as I position that, turn it into something positive and all the nice thing, it might not be the case in all cases. We had a call earlier this week with a CEO who came, uh, who was very hostile and negative to one of my reps uh, and he wanted to come to a pricing call, uh, just pricing. Don't want to see the product, stop. He, he, he said to my rep, stop. I don't want to hear your sales pitch, something like that. I mean, I mean, Cut it off, cut it off, cut it. I don't want to hear it. Cut it off, how much it will cost. So he came to a call, we booked one hour and we opened the conversation by saying, 
James again, I will use that name. James, I know that we booked one hour for this session. Ron, my rep kept me, it brought me up to speed. Uh, I think we can end up this call in, in five minutes. Let's go straight to the point. I don't want to waste your time and mine as well. Um, let's see if, if there is a need to further continue the conversation and then we can take it from there. So like very direct, no hi, not my name. I'm not sure, I don't care about him. I mean, Ron brought me up to speed. I know what you need. Let's end it up in five minutes. The conversation lasts more than an hour. Does that answer? Yeah, just to kind of, to, I suppose, to dig a little bit deeper into that. Like, is that, do you think that part of like, the reason that, that that call lasted a little bit, like lasted as long as it did when it could have only lasted for the five minutes was because like, do you think somebody of that role, if we're talking kind of sea level, and I suppose this kind of goes into uh, Tebow's experience as well a little bit, is like, there seems to be this like conception of salespeople. Now we're not gonna correct that over the course of a, of a webinar, right? I'm sure that we all and the, and, and the guys on the call here, we've all got the best of intentions, but it's almost like, when if I feel like I'm talking to another salesperson, I feel like I it's it must be like what magicians feel like when they talk to each other. Right. Because, you know, you know where the rabbit is, you know that he's got a load of tissues up his sleeve. So it's like when if you go and do a discovery call with someone who does discovery calls, it's like, don't you try and do that trickery. I know what you're doing. And it, I almost feel like in that context. I think sometimes people just want you and you tell me, Ophir, like people want you to speak to them like at their level, you know, which is what I think you did with this, this CEO guy is that he was very direct with your rep. So when you got on the call with him, you met him with that same energy and that kind of almost put you guys on a level playing field. Is, is there something interesting. like that? In there? From a seniority, I totally understand what you're saying. You said from a seniority standpoint, you're like, you're now equal, so you can stay on the same tone. And, uh, but you know, we actually had an indication the call after this commercial alignment call was was a technical evaluation, and and he started by saying to my rep, like, ah, you're bringing your uh, your aggressive director. He used the word aggressive. <laughs> I, I wasn't aggressive on him. I was very direct, but not aggressive. So that's basically an indication. I, I agree. Sometimes you need to do these, those escalations, and it's part of the game. It's part of the game. We do this game. Here is a bad cup. He will say no to you. Uh, such as no pricing. By the way, the no pricing is a great example because we have many pricing calls where we don't provide pricing. We will provide pricing later the day. We will provide pricing the day after, but they have some homework to do in order to get the pricing. And, and, and we explain why is that. It's mm. not that I'm ignoring. I can give you pricing on the fly right now, but here's what we need to do here. Let's make sure that we align and tailor everything to your business model. So seniority eight might be a card that you can use but it's not only the case. I know many reps, good reps that can do that themselves. I mean, they can handle the objection. And you know, you mentioned something, sales rep to a sales rep. I know exactly what you're doing. We can laugh on that. I mean, you're now in this part of the discovery, right? What, what answers you want me to ask you? What's most important to you? I, know, I want to understand the business values, how much that will cost, uh, you know, what it will save internally. So you know what I'm doing, right? You know mm -hmm. what I'm doing. So let's cut to the chase. Let's speak about the important stuff. And then, and then I want to show you the, the product. You came here to see the product. Uh, after that will be one, two, three. So we do this upfront contract. For those of you familiar with the term uh, mm -hmm. by Sandler, basically agreeing on everything that's going to happen, full clarity. 
uh, again, it's, it's about being mature, staying in control, your tone and body language during those tough conversations, taking your example, Tibo as well, is crucial. The pause might have changed everything during this uh, hard pushback that you've received earlier today. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm totally. completely pausing. How much time, by the way? It's not two to three minutes. It can be nine, nine, sorry, two to three seconds. It can be nine seconds, 10 seconds, 12 seconds. Like you're completely uncomfortable. Let's try to be here silent for nine seconds. Uncomfortable, right? It's too long. Yeah. It is too long. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think also the the tone and uh, and also the um, one thing I've noticed is the. Um, so when I I think back to this call, I think this call actually the outcome it was good, because um, what happened is they were not the type of customer I can work with because they were very strict on sequences. They give no freedom to SDRs, uh, and so so it's something where I'm not sure I can deliver value. And, you know, it's like, for me, I'm like into, you know, like the, the, the talk, the way I speak to, to myself, I'm like, okay, I, I need to actually get this call because I need this money and, and, you know, it's these kind of things. And then I'm like, I'm willing to compromise so I can get the deal. And, you know, it's like, it's, and then I, then I know, I just know that that's shit. I need to not compromise because if I get the deal, this is going to come back. The customer won't be happy. I'm going to get my money, but it's going to be something where I'm not going to be happy with, with the way it goes. So in the end, I'm, I'm more or less happy on the way the outcome, not on the way it went. But the, the kind of uh, uh, trash, trash talk, we have the head trash, we call that in Sandler also. Head trash, it, yeah. It's very common, you know, for me where I'm like, you know, I, I know like a lot of people come to me and say, oh man, you're all over the place on LinkedIn. That's amazing. You're crushing it and whatever. But I'm always suffering of this imposter syndrome, like all the time. And in calls, sometimes I'm like, I, I feel like I'm still 15 years old when I was selling cleaning uh, airplane cleaning services to uh, to big airplane owners and multimillionaire. I was just super afraid, and I feel like this little kid inside. And I think it tra it translates, you know, in, in in the way I behave. So how would you deal with that? Yeah, um, everyone knows the syndrome, and uh, as I said, I think it's it's a matter of muscle, and you need to feel comfortable going into this hard conversation. If you Actually, you can practice that everywhere. You can go and ask for a discount, you know, in your day-to-day -day life and then start a manager conversation where the person around you start to feel uncomfortable with you asking discount or under undervalue his, his product and see how you handle that. You can practice that at home with girlfriend or wife or with your kids. Uh, there is no easy way to solve this uh, imposter syndrome. It's, it's something that is there and... Uh, it all starts from here. I mean, I don't have a quick magic of how to solve it. I know that I'm waiting to practice that every day. And, and my key contribution to my team is exactly in that area, those hard conversations. Today, I had a call with one of the more junior reps that we have, someone we just promoted. And he asked a very direct and hard question on the call with the CEO, CEO decision maker, Baya, uh, who came to uh, get pricing. Uh, before we haven't started any sort of technical evaluation, but uh, he's, he was comparing us with another vendor that is completely low cost compared to us. And uh, the rep done it amazingly by, by asking, uh, you know, I spoke with Ophir earlier today, tried to explain to him uh, why basically are we, are we having this call. He spoke with 
other vendor ABC company and, and got a very aggressive pricing for them for the scope and deployment you need. Now, assuming um, that's a solution you need, why are we having this conversation? Opening a pricing call with a CEO by asking that question. Why are we having this conversation? Because all you want to do is just give him pricing. Maybe I have a chance to win, but no, no, no. This question will give you the truth. That's the truth of why are we having this conversation? The other vendor is not a good fit. So the price is not relevant. They're not comparing apples to apples. It's Thibaut, it's going into these conversations and trying to take any hard scenario as a lesson. By the way, end the call and write all the things that you've done right and you've done wrong. That's a key tip. I'm, I'm very process-driven yeah. person. I'm writing a lot. I'm writing like a maniac yeah. for myself. So I have like self-tip document. Yeah. I don't know how many pages I can check. <laughs> Hundreds. But yeah, that, that's that's very good for me. Basically, I went out of this call, and uh, every morning, you know, I, I kind of uh, I, I write my LinkedIn post for the day. I didn't have it written, and I was like, I'm gonna debrief on LinkedIn. You know, I'm just gonna share that, and uh, and that's that's really for me. It's been like a very good learning. I have some kind of renewed motivation out of this call because I was like, you know, sometimes in in in, in life, you you tend to. Uh, for me, I, I kind of hate average. I just I just wanna do things differently than most people do. So I'm launching my business, whatever it's, it's tough thing. And, and sometimes you're doing the same as everyone else. You know, you're just like, you're, you know, you're not that great at your discovery. You're not like uh, really strict at qualifying and you just make things a bit more like, you know, like easy. And then I was like, if I keep behaving like that, I'm going to get average results, you know? <laughs> so I need to make sure I get these tough conversations out of the way. I get uncomfortable and I get, you know, I get ready with that. And so for me, that's, that's always a, a kind of a, something like that I really like doing because it gets me motivated after this kind of fail. And I feel like it, it's not really, a, I mean, it's a fail, but it's really it's a mostly fail. a learning actually. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Guys, I have a question for all the participants and, and uh, our panelists, of course. Mm -hmm. Let's say that you scheduled a, a demo from an outbound prospect. Now the outbound prospect, sometimes, and it happened to me in the past, so I'm just, I'm just wondering, he came confused to the call. Okay, he spoke with a BDR. He came to the call. He showed up to the Zoom and he started by saying, listen, I don't understand why I came to this call. That's the opening line. That's the first thing you hear from a prospect who came to your demo call. Listen, I don't understand why I came to this call. Please write, write down your answers. Oh, hopefully you can charm in maybe and speak. I don't know if that's possible, Thibaut. Yeah, yeah. We, someone can raise, if someone wants to answer yeah, raise, the question, raise your hand raise and charm into the conversation. And we get you uh, to join the conversation. Yes, please. Omer. going to be brave. Omer. Omer, Omer, you can go and speak. You just need to unmute and then we'll be able to hear you. Yes. Hi, everyone. Hey, Omer. Hello. Nice to meet you all. Uh, thanks for uh, jumping me into the call. Um, so actually, I'm a kind of executive at Sysense. I don't work directly. I don't, don't report directly to Ophir. I work for the DAF and the Israeli team. Uh, lucky to be at Sysense, great company. And uh, I had a situation like Ophir described. Why am I on this call? Simple, simple question uh, for feedback. Why did you come to this call? Silence. Nice, Homer. 
So basically reverse back the objection to him. I mean, it's a good question. Why did you? And, uh, and if the prospect stays on, this, on the call, then you understand that you can start, start from the beginning, from scratch, start clean. And if, and if it doesn't, then again, you can't lose what you don't have. Instead of like trying to understand, you came to see the product and, and the benefit and how we can help your company to grow and do one, two, three, four, and just another like a record, play, pause. People speak with people. People buy from people. People they appreciate. So there are people. I mean, if you could call one of your, your good friends now and he will say something weird like that. Um, yeah, it's a good question. Why, why are you asking that? It's a good, good stuff, Omer. Thank you. Yeah, I really, I really like it uh, because one thing you said, and it, this morning because we talked about it yesterday when we briefed each other, you can't, you not, you can't lose something you don't have, you know. And that's the thing we often forget is it's not because you're talking to a big logo that you have a deal, you know. It's like, and, and you're not losing anything by by missing this call. You just like, even if you crash it, you never had it in the first place, so you're not losing anything. And so that that was a good kind of like thing that came to me after the call I was like didn't lose anything in the end there was there was nothing first you know so it's uh yeah it's a good one it's something that they they talk about all the time when um they, they use it a lot with with prospecting as well you know like if, if you want to have really successful outcomes you have to actually detach yourself from that outcome you just have to be like look I'm only responsible for so much of this and so many other things can impact it so really I just need to worry about what I can do and then the rest kind of takes care of itself yeah, exactly. I think we have a question from Erez. Uh, Erez, you can talk now. Yeah, so I, I kind of just wanted to touch on that question um, that Ophir raised in terms of... Introduce yourself, Erez. Sorry, my name is Erez. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the uh, more junior account executives here at SciSense. Um, I have the privilege of working with Ophir and his team. Um, we go through these objection handlings uh, every day, and I can tell you it's tough, and you think it gets easier. Um, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but it's always exciting. Um, in terms of, you know, I, I had a, as an ADR, I had a CEO jump on a call and he, he expressed a similar view. He wasn't sure why he was there. So I, I, you know, I kind of stroked his ego a bit and I said, Mr. CEO, you know, when you reserve 30 minutes to chat with a foreign individual, there usually is a good reason for it. And perhaps we can understand together, you know, what you're hoping to get out of this meeting. So as Ophir mentioned earlier, you know, there are some times when, uh, let's say a CEO or a prospect throws an objection at you and it's just the first face value objection. It's not the truth. There's something hiding behind his words. Trying to understand, you know, what, what, is, the, what is the truth? And I think that a bit of a stroke of an ego um, and letting him know that we'll collaborate on this call to qualify or disqualify. Um, and that kind of opened up the conversation for, for uh, the next 30 minutes. Spot on. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Eris. That was really More cool. More questions maybe from the chat? Uh, really people... like that, yeah. Or... Uh, but I want to really, uh, you know, say, Eris, you, you, it's really, that's a good thing. Is like being honest, direct, and uh, often people who are super dominant, you know, there's the DISC methodology. Um, they appreciate uh, this kind of thing. And so, uh, so, so they really, yeah, as you say, it's maybe the thrown objection. It's maybe not the first one. And often, you know, is, uh, um, yeah, as you said, if they love 30 minutes to talk with you, with you you know, it's because of a good reason. Otherwise, they're just like, you know, not qualified, let's say. But uh, we had question here. So let me go from the start. Uh, 
I was from your areas, actually. How do you tackle customers who cut you off and insist on speaking about pricing before you have a chance to do a discovery? So prospect who cut, who cut us off, uh, obviously it's happening all the time. Um, don't try to, to squeeze more words into that. Let them cut you off, let them say what they need to say, and then use this uh, tactics in this book. I mean, you can definitely do the, the mirroring, labeling, ask a follow-up question, repeating what they say, and show them again that you're listening to understand. Because if they cut you off, maybe they have something important to say. Just by repeating them, um, like and, and repeating them and listen to them and doing, doing those strategic pauses that you show them that you're listening and thinking about what they say, it might soften everything. And then you get your permission to ask the follow-up question. So like earn the right to ask question. It's a, it's a dance, it's a dance. And if the dancer in front of you is pushing, he wants to move forward, now it's his steps. So go backwards, that's totally fine. I'll go, I'll go, I'll move forward when, when it's time. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we are very good uh, people who know how to handle those kind of situations happen all, happen all the time in sales. Yeah. Maybe, guys, if someone, if one of the panelists or someone else wants to add, please. Yeah, feel free to, to come and join while we're there. So there's a question from uh, uh, Evan. Can you guys talk about strategies to give something about pricing with aggressive prospects and ways of, of pulling them in? Yes. So maybe, uh, Evan, if you want to uh, go and tell us more a bit, you know, what's your question? I allowed you to talk, so you can go and talk if you want. Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, my name is Evan. I've been doing sales for a few years uh, at Sizens as well. Um, and I, I'm always trying to level up my game with new tips and tricks, specifically around areas that I might know something but can do better. So from time to time, I have somebody who wants pricing for me. It was the original subject of conversation here. And they want it quickly. And they want it at the beginning. And I think with, with good reason. It's not because they want to be disrespectful or necessarily ego, but they want to know, hey, we scheduled a half an hour here. We scheduled 15 minutes or we scheduled an hour, whatever it is. I want to know, I want to put up front anything that could, you know, save me time because we know that this is not good. We could fail fast. So, but I, I, at the same time, my game is, and I also don't I want to fail quickly if we're going to fail, but I want to make sure to price this thing right, right? I have a lot of flexibility. This is a big solution. So I don't want to go too low or too high because I could ruin things. Right? So I'm not just going to throw something out there. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not signaling to the customer, hey, this is entirely negotiable. I'm going to make this up on the fly, which by the way, I'm not. So I have some strategies for pulling them in and keeping it going. And I've learned new ones even in the past few months, even though I've been doing this for years. So I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts on this, things you guys do to pull them in further. And maybe it requires giving something. Sometimes I do. But how can I pull them in further? Get yeah. what I need and, and also have them not walk away or leave it off in a bad impression. Yeah, I love that question. I think I even used it once. Um, he wants pricing, he wants it now. Just by saying, so imagine yourself guys jumping on a call with, um, again, someone who deserves to get a pricing, his decision maker or whatever title it is, and saying, uh, I will provide you numbers in 15 minutes from now. Okay, so let's both you and me agree. And in 15 minutes, you get full clarity on the pricing, scaling, and future growth just by saying that. So pricing will be on the table in 15 minutes. Now let's talk, we have 15 minutes. It can be five minutes, it can be half an hour. 
I do want to make sure that I provide you with the right pricing package. So this is the give. You mentioned the give. It's a give and take. My give here is a promise for pricing. It's like a prospect promise you to get this signed by Friday. That's a promise. That's a commit. I need to now tell me what you need. You need me to allocate resources. I'm down. You need me to check for AWS credit. I'm totally down. I would do for you because you gave me something in return. That's one thing. In other cases, and guys, you know, it, it, it won't always work. You can speak about the pricing. And not saying pricing, I will explain what I mean by that. Those people are not stupid. So don't treat them as stupid. But if I can share how the pricing works, being very clear, for instance, it depends on two key parameters, the size of data and number of users. Um, you can ask, by the way, a follow-up question, how they do licensing today. They might be user-based licensing as well. And, and you give them clarity. It's an annual subscription. Um, we can do multi-year partnership uh, and taking in year one and year two to be more aggressive to support you with the deployment and so forth. I'm speaking about pricing. I'm sharing everything we have about pricing. I can also speak about five-figure deployments, six-figure deployments. So I do show him that there are different ranges. And that's surprising. That's surprising for you. Do you know how the deployment will look like? How the rollout will look like? So I'm asking him question. Now I'm giving him homework in order for me to say the price. I do want to price it. Let's now pricing. Here's some questions for you. One, two, three, four. Those questions, remember that the, the conversations I mentioned that we jump on pricing call and not providing pricing. That's a good example. I remember many like jumping with a CTO. Yeah, I need to check it. I need to check the size of the data. I need to check how many users. I know we have uh, 120 customers. I don't know how many we'll have in, in three years. Maybe that's something I should check with our CRO and CEO. They have the forecast. Okay, bring it on. And let's do a call later today. How about 5 p.m.? How about tomorrow morning? So I promise to give. It's, it's, it, that's a give I take. I, um, I hope that answers your question, Evan. Thank you, okay. Good. That's that's nice. Yeah, I think it's it's really cool to, uh, as you said, um, explain why you, what you, why you simply can't give pricing because uh, otherwise you're gonna you're gonna mess it up. And as is, again, you 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 can't lose something you didn't have. So uh, if they are just overreacting and everything, fine. Like that's the thing. Sometimes people are behaving like kids. You know, decision makers. They they just prefer preserving their ego over solving something. And uh, and often it's just like. I found also if you let them vent, then they are just like they're happy and then they keep they, they talk. So maybe that's also a, a strategy there. Iboy, I have one quick note to everyone who's listen, listening to us, which is super important. I see some people miss that. In some objections, there will be a process, there will be a back and forth, and there will be a winning at the end. I won the objection. What I'm saying is crucial now. Know that you won and stay humble. Okay, that's not a time to show them that you won. The opposite is true. You won, they know that. Stay humble. Don't like, okay, next question, yeah. Give me the next one. No, 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 no. Stay humble because you want them to agree with everything we said. And that's an agreement, we passed that. We passed the price objection. We're commercially aligned. That's a final best and final price. We're tech fit, we passed that. Okay, so, so the humbleness at the end is again, very crucial. Like even, especially if there are a large audience on the call. So imagine there is a product manager, CTO, CEO, and the objection came from the CTO. It was like, James, 
thank you so much for bringing that topic. Uh, I'm very happy we had a chance to speak about it and, and I appreciate that. Do you hear my tone? I'm like, I'm below. That's my note. How are we with the okay. time, Thibaut? I think we are, we're almost over. So we have still some time for questions if we have any questions. Um, so ju just drop them in the, uh, in the chat if that's the case. Ben, anything on your end? Uh, I, th I can see a question that I think we might have um, we might have skipped over. So, yeah. uh, what's your best tips for learning from these tough experiences? Do you have a practice of like post mortem or, or loss analysis? And that was from I want to say Sharon, but I don't know if that's necessarily how you pronounce. <laughs> Sharon, can you maybe chime in and uh, uh, further elaborate? Let me just Sharon. Uh, yes, I'll allow you to talk. Now you should be able to talk, Sharon. Um, first of all, thank you very much for this session. This is super, super interesting. Um, I'm also from SciSense in customer success. Um, for me, there is no things, no such thing of uh, you can't lose what you didn't have. I have the <laughs> I don't want to lose it. Uh, and we have many difficult conversations um, just like you guys do. And I wanted to ask if there is any good practice or tips or things to, to, to take note of so that afterwards, uh, when you lose, sometimes you do, uh, you do the best thing to learn for, for the future. How to analyze your own behavior in the situation or your manager's behavior or your team or whatever. I can, if you want, I can jump on something. So um, for me, I found that uh, often we, whenever, let's say we do a mistake with a current customer, uh, and, and it sounds like a deal breaker. They won't sign or won't renew. Um, one thing that I found very good is to, to accept or do, uh, as you know, uh, Ophir talked about it, kind of an accusation audit where you will say, yes, we messed up with this, this and that and this. And what I found is, um, especially in CSM, in customer success, if you own the mistake and you're not like, oh, that's a problem because X person, whatever, and you just like, even if it's not your fault, you own it. And you kind of like, you lay the mistakes you've been doing and then you lay a plan to solve out to to solve then often you can you can really like get people to be super excited to be working with you because then they they know when when it's a uh, when it's a challenge you're there for them i had a customer like that who's now a good friend uh he called me when i was on holiday he, we were supposed to deliver security uh, testing and the guy was just treating me treating me like shit. he was like yeah no just like we don't have time and so he called me in the in the holiday, answered, and then I immediately called the guy and said, now you have to do this, 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 fix that. And the guy, you know, renewed. Now we're a friend. And uh, he even like got me to invest in Bitcoin. And now it's going up. So I'm super happy. So it's a, it's a, it's a happy ending. But, you know, I think just like uh, uh, take, taking notes, observing what's happening and, and like writing down, as Ophir said, what, what are the mistakes you've been doing is kind of a therapy. Like this morning, for example, I recorded a video uh, on Vidyard where I explained the, the, uh, the, the thing I did and I posted it on the Slack channel of a, of a group of uh, customers and students I have. So I think just like venting out is a good thing to do that. And also take it to the next level, Sharon. And thank you, by the way, Thibaut, for recommending everyone to read Extreme Ownership by Joko Wilkins. Highly recommended. Yeah. Extreme Ownership. That's what uh, Thibaut mentioned. Sharon, take it to the next level. We use Gong. Go review the call and take it to the meeting team meeting that's what we do basically our team meeting is is very open and you know everyone can chime in and say whatever they want there is no clear agenda 
just mostly thoughts and knowledge sharing, I would definitely take a call, ask some people, my, some of my colleagues and friends to review that. This is why it's important to have a union strong team and, uh, and then ask my manager or the opposite. I will ask my reps to review one of my calls, um, how I fucked it up and, and, and my manager as well. That's a great idea. I think we don't use Gong enough uh, in the CS team. So I'll definitely bring it up. Thank you. Sure. And I'll check out the book. I, I didn't hear about this one. Extreme ownership. Yeah, it's a good one. More questions there? No. Okay. No. Thanks. I think we're, yeah, I think we're ready to wrap up then. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ophir and Ben. That was really cool. I think we had. Uh, um, so Elad said, I would love to see a case study in action. Can you also be aggressive when you do it? <laughs> uh, not sure we can do that. <laughs> I know Ophir can be very pushy, uh, uh, but uh, he is definitely guy in sales. You know, uh, you even told me you used uh, your kid to sign contracts. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did it once. I did it once. Uh, <laughs> my kid just came. It was a good conversation. We spoke about signing, but he didn't understand that I'm at, I'm like, take out your pen right now. It's a DocuSign, so no pen. It's a virtual pen. Then I put it on my uh, on my leg and ask him, they told him that I'll ask him to sign the DocuSign. Maybe he doesn't understand. It was funny. Everyone left and, and he signed a few hours after. But yeah, uh, yeah, I can be very aggressive. And as I said, I'm totally fine with people not feeling comfortable on the call with me. I'm totally fine with that. Be okay. It's, we're not, we're not, it's not a circus. I'm not making sure everyone is having fun. It's not fun. Yes. You should ask for the business. Mm. That's, that's okay. Especially if you have your own private company. Uh, remember that many people know how to sell. Very few people know how to close. I think we have few closers here on the call. Uh, these are the, the people that make the money. These are the people that make it to the top. Uh, great conversation. Thibaut, one word for you. The concept is brilliant. That's so different from any other podcast I've experienced in the past. So interactive and engaging. So thank you so much for putting this together. Yeah, thanks a lot for your 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 help uh, putting there. And Ben, also thanks for for coming coming as a as a coachy basically. Super nice to uh, to hear your experience and also your your learnings. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank yeah. you, Afia, for the uh, for the kind advice and Tebo for uh, for putting this on for all of us. Thank you very much. Yeah. And thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, you can actually go for a small gift on my website. It's www.saleslabs.io slash ULOS. I repeat, www.saleslabs.io slash ULOS. It's my ultimate LinkedIn outreach sequence. You'll be able to download it, directly use it, and you'll be signed up for the newsletter. And every Thursday, you'll receive the latest episode.